Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Jonathan Feldstein is the founder of Genesis 123 Foundation, and he wrote an article, an opinion piece about pro-life. If you're pro-life, well, you have to be anti-Hamas. But yet, yet, Jonathan, we live in, and I've been talking about these parallel worlds that we seem to live in, uh, this whole world of, I mean, this whole intersectionality can also drive me completely around the bend. But but we seem to be, or the world seems to be very comfortable compartmentalizing Israel, Gaza, uh, Hamas, and, and applying different rules. Why do you think that is? Anti-Semitism. Uh, we're always held to a different standard. And that's why this article was important. This this article is important, but it's really more for a uh, for a low-hanging fruit crowd because most people who are pro-life are going to be pro-Israel. They just mm. need a reminder. My subsequent articles to this, I feel like I'm writing a trilogy. Will be pro if you're pro-choice, you must be anti-Hamas, and if you're pro-LGBTQ, you must be anti-Hamas. But those are uh, segments of society that uh, naively is putting it nicely, are, are, are finding, because of a, an undertone, whether it's a, they're, or they're aware of it or not, an undertone of anti-Semitism, have a separate standard that they hold Israel and the Jewish people to, and, and all of this must be thrown in their face. Mm. Does, does this kind of article land? Because I, I keep wondering, and, and when I write uh, my articles, I keep thinking, I don't know if if it's going to hit home so am i writing for uh, to give strength to those <laughs> who support israel or am i writing to try and and show a different perspective but then i just get labeled and mislabeled and and uh, uh, i'm not sure that it does or doesn't what do you think excellent question my wife told me this morning that she didn't really like this article but she liked the one i wrote uh, subsequent to it called muhammad you're fired for me, it's all of what you just said and the fact that I am venting. My my words are my weapon. I can knock out in about an hour a reasonably decent article mm. of 800 to 1,000 words, and I've done a dozen of them since this war began on top of interviews like this all around the world. And uh, and, and I'm using, if I can use a, a military approach, I'm using a shotgun approach. Let me just shoot. Let me just shoot and see what hits. And somewhere... Somewhere it's going to hit. Mm. So this, the 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 whole idea of these these sort of these parallel worlds where you have uh, a crowd that will be, let's say, uh, a pro LGBTQ crowd who are also supporting Gaza, gays for Gaza, for example. How, how do they marry the two? Because they can't all be stupid. It's not possible. Oh. It, it can't be. It just cannot. It cannot be that that everybody's dumb. Well, stupidity, stupidity, and hatred are a wonderful cocktail. They go well together. And and I don't know that they can't all be stupid because I'm, I, I'm not, I don't mean it even in a political way. The world is so woke that there's sim- and there's simply no semblance of reality or or, or fairness or or nuance. Um, that yes, indeed, I think people can be stupid, and 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 gays for Gaza is probably one of the best. I say in quotes because let them all go there and see how how long it is until they get lynched. I mean, it's really that sick. And I'm not, I'm neither pro nor anti LGBTQ. Mm. I'm pro life in a, in a, in, a, in a global way. And and the fact that there are people who think for a moment that in 
Gaza, in Iran, in Lebanon, in these hateful Islamic, extremist Islamic communities, that they can go and celebrate their queerness? Come on. They would be lynched and dragged behind and dragged behind a wheel of a truck in the public space. It's, it's, it is quite remarkable. Does any of this hit home? Are we, are we seeing any difference? Uh, we we know that in in the United States, when Harvard and well not Harvard itself because they've been atrocious, but when certain CEOs have said, well, we're not going to hire people who openly support terror and who are anti-Semitic and who support the death of Jews, uh, we aren't going to to hire. Then there was a little bit of a consequence, but that seems to work a lot better, sadly, than trying to have a reasonable discussion. What do you think? Reasonable discussions are a long-lost consequence of this war, and I don't mean the war that's going on the last three weeks. I'm talking about the war of truth versus versus lies. And, and, um, and it comes across, and I don't mean it as being anti-Islam, but, it's, but Muslims have to own their own, take responsibility for their own religion. And the, and the truth is, the, the enemy is Islam. And, 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 and good Muslims have the responsibility, the sole responsibility to take back their religion. There's no, there's no other religion in the world that is massacring human beings in the name of their God. Doesn't happen. So I, I, I believe the truth is just one of the victims of that. And, uh, and for good and for bad, and I think mostly for good, I don't live in the diaspora. I'm not, right. I'm not, you know, I'm wary bombarded. of that argument because uh, we are often told we good Jews and bad Jews, and a good Jew is a Jew that's uh, not a Zionist. So aren't you doing the same thing by saying they're good Muslims and bad Muslims, and, and uh, the bad Muslims fall into a category as you've defined? Look, maybe. Uh, if, if yes, I, I take responsibility for that. I, mm-hmm. I can tell you that, that what it fact that there are no, there are no faith people in the world other than Muslims who are going out and slaughtering human beings in the name of their God and, and, and celebrating that. Not Jews, not Christians, not Buddhists, not Baha'i, not Hindus, not Taoists. No, nobody is doing it. Not vegetarians who are not a religion, but pe- people are not doing it. And therefore it is the role, the, the exclusive role of Islam to redefine how it wants to be perceived. And if they don't, and if they don't care, then they have to take uh, responsibility and they have to be accountable. And if that means, which is, as I'm looking at my computer screen, for the next article called The Fear of Islam, um, if, if that means that we're fearful, if that means we don't want to walk in the same street corner because we're afraid of what someone wearing a hijab might do, as I felt in London profoundly uh, this summer, um all I can say is the consequence is theirs. I'm not in the I'm not in a mood and I'm not in a position in life because it is life and death to be politically correct on mm, this. Mm. I, I, I'd rather be alive and not appreciated than than love for my poetic style and balance and 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 having to worry about locking double locking the doors of my house. And being armed, which now my children are telling me that for the first time I should have to have a, a gun, and closing the, the the blinds on my seventh floor balcony because we're afraid the terrorists are going to come in and slaughter us. I hear it. I hear it. It's not a comfortable conversation. It's not one that's easy to hear, and it's one that chafes against the way we would like to live in this world. 
But uh, maybe these are the uncomfortable conversations that we need to have.